podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, listener. This is an 1865 special. Basically, because there's a little break in the playing schedule, we've decided to do something a little bit different today. I'm Rich Ferraro, and I'm joined by George Edwards, Stephen Topless, but first, it's over to our Master of Ceremonies, Tom Newton. Evening listeners, so basically what we're doing today is a Nottingham Forest worst player draft. So there's me, Rich, Stephen and George who's going to go through our 1 to 11 of worst Forest players we've seen. Once a player's gone, nobody else can pick that player. So um, so basically we're going to go round by round and um, see who has the worst Forest team in history. So the only rule is is that the pl- the players have to have played some minutes for the club. So um, the Greek international taxidus doesn't count because he never um, had any minutes in a forest shirt. So uh, I will start, and the first pick I'm going to have is the goalkeeper. And if you've been, if the listeners have been seeing my tweets over the years when, well, the year we had Vladimir Stojkovic. How he was Serbia's number one, I'd love to see what the standard was for the other two goalkeepers when they had international tournaments because he was horrific. Apart from that first um, debut against uh, Villa, I thought he's okay, but I've never seen anybody have a lack of goalkeeping ability than him. So, yeah, Vladimir Stojkovic gets my pick. He made up for it with his antics. Mad Vlad. Kissing kissing the football every time he like touched the ball because you probably thought he'd never see the ball again. (laughs) While we're on the topic of goalkeepers, I'll come in with my choice. Um, It might be a little bit harsh because technically he was one of our own and came through the academy, but I'm going to go for Barry Roche. The the coffee cup incident at Derby still gives me nightmares now, and he was the man in goal for that. I don't remember him being particularly outstanding in a forest shirt or an improvement on anybody who came before him. So Barry Roche gets my vote in goal. No problem. So, um, yeah, So uh, the next one is Rish. So who's your goalkeeping um, I'm, for this West 11? I'm going to go back just a few years beyond Barry Roche and a name that you might not remember, but also one who's, uh, like your choice, Tom, was an international goalkeeper. And I'm going to go for Marco Pascalo. I remember a game he played, I think it was Norwich on a Friday night, beat them 4-1. And he came for this ball, missed the ball and took off. I think it was Keith O'Neill's head near enough. And I think he had to go off with like a a, a cut to his um, to his head. So, yeah, I think he only played six games, didn't he? But he... So, uh, I think that says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So Marco Pascalo gets Rish's uh, pick. So for this round, the last pick is for you, George. Now, Stojkovic was my pick. And obviously, I'm a lot younger than you guys, no offence. So I've been blessed with some quite good keepers over my time. So I've been thinking through, I've had Doris de Vries, who I love. Darlow, who was sort of all right, went on to good things for Newcastle. Then we had Stojkovic and then... Samba, so I couldn't really choose some. So it's between Jordan Smith and Costa Pantillamon. So I've gone for Pantillamon because for a six foot eight goalkeeper, he never came for a cross. He stood in his goal like it was a snail for corners. 
and he did not like capitalize on the strengths that you think he'd have as a keeper. So Pantelemon gets my vote. Costa I'm pretty Pantelemon. certain that some of our listeners are going to be going. Why has no one chosen Turner of Lacto- <laughs> Lacto- <laughs> Lacto- oh, the They Jewish, might be listening. Uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. point. So, so right, the second round, uh, Saint George went last in that round. He gets the pick of any defender. So, right, left back, Gaetan Bong. Sorry, it's um, a strong start. That is, yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, that was that was. I was between him and Armand Traore for left back, but Bong. I think. I mean, it's a bit harsh. I don't like doing these worst players, but he was everything you didn't want in a fullback. He, he panicked when players tried to take him on. He panicked when he had the ball at his feet. He didn't have any pace, and it was a decent player when we signed him from Brighton. But it never came to fruition for us. And yeah, every time he was on the team sheet, you just panicked. Mm, and I remember one of my friends who's a Brighton fan was going, oh, you got a good one there. And he proceeded to have the worst debut I've seen in over 30 years of watching Forest. I was just going to come to his debut. He looked like a duck out of water, didn't he? Yeah. He did not have a clue what he was doing on that. It was like he's won a competition. Bong's in for uh, left back for George. So, um, Stephen, your pick. At left back, I'm going to go for a guy who epitomised the League One years for me, Gino Padula. <laughs> signed from QPR I think it was the first league one season we picked him up under Megson and the, I mean there was a lot of dross around the club at this time you could you could pick numerous plays in numerous positions but he was up there with them Gino Padula I just remember the long hair and nothing else really other than he was rubbish <laughs> one of my um abiding memories of Padula was um absolutely a sodden Afternoon up in Barnsley, lost two nil, and the ball come down the line. He slid in, he missed the ball, I think, and took Megson out. And two thousand Forest fans in the corner were cheering. So I think that's his. Uh, that's the only memory I've got of uh, Gino Padula, uh, to be honest. And he took Megson out, which uh, made see, my see, day. Some of the lost. players that we've chosen have got have had some value, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go for Gino Padula, and. Um, I'm going to go, again, I'm I'm showing my age here. Uh, I'm going to go way, way back into the late 80s and early 90s and go for a player who I can only describe as the hapless Brett Williams. Um, Can you imagine spending your entire career at a club being the understudy to the best left back that the club has ever had? The inspirational captain, the man who would go on to captain England, the man who for many, many years was arguably one of the best left backs that England have ever had. And the hapless Brett Williams, all I remember is him having a moustache and then never being as good as Psycho. So it's harsh, but unfortunately it's fair. <laughs> so, right, Brett Williams, Paul Brett at left back. So my pick is left back. I don't think it was it was bad. He just never got on the field as much as we would have liked. And he, he didn't really do a lot while he was here. And I thought when we was getting somebody who's played in the Champion League and when he played for PSV, I thought we're going to get a decent player here, but he was forever injured. And then when he did play, it was just a matter of, it's like one of those runs down the left uh, side of our um, of the pitch. He was just going to break down with injury. And that was uh, my, so my pick's Davy Oyen. Oh yeah. Forgot about him. And I think his lad's playing somewhere as well. And, uh, so, yeah, so that's my pick, Davey Oyen. So I thought 
he was going to go on to decent things after uh, Jim Brennan was on his way out, but he never got fit, did he? So, just to say, uh, uh, to to follow up on what George said, I would I would add here. I think that uh, Armand Traore has probably had a lucky escape. <laughs> yes, big time. <laughs> well, I think Stephen and Rich, you're trying to make an eleven that I've never heard of, and you're going well so far. <laughs> <laughs> So, right, the next round, uh, Stephen, you've uh, got a pick. So, any of your other three defenders for this one? Right then. So, I am going to go, I think, for centre-backs. And my first pick is going to be Matt Mills, a player who had a decent career before he came to Forest. He always looked a, a very solid championship defender and then seemed to forget that as soon as he put a Forest shirt on. And he just reminds me of Dower Days under Dougie. So for me, Matt Mills is my first centre-back. No problem. So um, I'm second this time on my list. So centre-back, I am going to go for uh, a player who looked pretty decent at Euro 96. And then we got him. So if you look at the time that Derby got Igor Stimak and Alyosa uh, Asanovic and we get Nikola Jurkan, who for a couple of games in Euro 96 looked all right, then his head completely went against Germany when Croatia actually had Germany at one point, then um, then they lost it. And then when we got Nikola Jurkan, I think the only thing I can remember him is like theatrically falling over after he made out that Ian Wright had punched him in Stuart Pearce's first game and Ian Wright got sent off. But apart from that, Nicola Urkan did absolutely nothing for an international player at the time. So he's my pick. And also, when we used to get uh, go to Forest matches back in the 90s on the bus, he used to catch the same bus as us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> that's an unexpected... That's an unexpected... You, you shouldn't... Put that into his Wikipedia page there, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm banned on uh, Wikipedia for um, even though I've been putting like edits in which are correct. Wikipedia have banned me for twelve months because I keep editing it without an account, so they've blocked my IP number. So I can't well, do well, it. You so. know, that's in many ways that's the <laughs> least surprising thing we're going to get out of yeah. this podcast. I think. <laughs> so, right. Um, no, that, that laugh said it all. By the way, did you hear that? That said it all. <laughs> Uh, George your pick Uh, well my player probably played alongside Matt Mills quite a lot I'm choosing Michael Mancian because he played a long time for us but I could never understand why he got chosen he always had a mistake in him and yeah I mean it just makes me recoil when I think about him Um, I'm going to keep giving out honourable mentions Um, people probably think Danny Fox from that era as well but I love Danny Fox I thought he was playing out of position because he kept being thrown at left back when he had no pace. But yeah, Michael Bansian is my pick. I don't know how he made like 70, 80 appearances for us. Yeah, that Preston uh, game, just if you ever think back to that Tuesday night, I think did we really three 0 Yeah, yeah, and that yeah was... that's the, the only game I've left early that was. <laughs> so yeah, he was awful in that game, and that was basically the end of his first career. So uh, Rish, you've got the final pick for this. And, well, George, George has not only stolen my thunder with Michael Mansian. But also, I was just thinking, hmm, Danny Fox as a left back, that he's lucky to have escaped. And then that reminded me of Dan Harding as well, a player who oh, had all the effort Harding. and none of the ability. <laughs> um, so uh, so left back was fertile ground. Who'd have thought that 
a post Pierce Forrest would have had problems at left back. Um, but anyway, I okay. So Man Cien has gone, and also interesting that Man Cien, Matt Mills, and Danny Fox have all been previous uh, wearers of the Forest captain's armband, and and that's a sign of barren times, isn't it? Um, I'm gonna have to go back again a few years because of Man Cien having been taken off the list, and I'm gonna go for David Platt's very first signing, Mister Moreno Manini, uh, mm. a, a, an Italian veteran who showed that actually all of the technical ability in the world doesn't count for anything if you have no strength, pace, and you're old. Yeah, I remember we um, when we signed him, everybody was like saying he should be in a nursing home. <laughs> he was that old. So, <laughs> so yeah, so the three Italians. So, um, so that is that round done. And Rish, you get the first pick for the next round of your other two defenders. Um, I'm gonna go for right back now so we've had a left back we've had a center half each i'm gonna go to right back and uh, i mean again it's predictable and Stephen, you'll know where i'm going with this it's nicky eden um again a player who could be prefaced with the hapless a player who barnsley fans absolutely loved and uh interesting um fact fans my best mate went out with nicky eden's cousin she was lovely he just had a really horrific time in a red shirt, and I'm sure he was glad when it was over. George, you get the second pick for this round. So, well, right back has been quite a strong thing for my Forest career. Eric Lehigh was the guy I grew up watching, and and then we had Matty Cash. But sandwiched between those two was Carl Jenkinson, who we signed from um, Arsenal, and with a little bit of promise, but he'd never had a game for Arsenal. And then he came in and absolutely stunk the place out. I think at one point we played him and Bong on actually on the wing, I remember, for one game. And that was a new low for Forrest. So Carl Jenkinson's my right back. What a time to be alive. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, right, and, and lest we forget that beautiful clip of him in that cup match against Swansea, where he, he brought the ball forward, he looked up, completely missed the ball, fell over, lost the ball. <laughs> I'm going to go centre-half, and he only played one game for us, and it's Kevin Gomez. He was part of the the three signings on deadline day. Um, I think played Watford, didn't we? And Jabal was uh, men- um, signed and Fox, and, and basically, yeah, Gomez had a game against um, Barnsley, I think first five minutes he just hauled somebody because he had like the turning circle of a, an oil tanker and we never saw him again. So I'm going to pick uh, Kevin Gomez for that. And I think he landed up in Dundee of all places after that. So, and I don't know where he's gone now. So he gets my pick as uh, centre-half with Nicola Yurkan. Stephen, you've got the last pick of this round. I'm going to pick my other centre-back because I need a bit more time to to decide my right back. And my second centre-back is going to be Danny Cullip, another player from the League One years, a player who came with a solid record. I think he'd been at Brighton, hadn't he, and done quite well with them and looked all right in League One and then turns up at Forest and was next to useless. All I seem to remember, his only move being would be clearing the ball into touch because he was incapable of playing the ball forward. So... Playing the ball sideways into the stands was Danny Cullip's signature move. And yeah, he he 
is another one from that League One nightmare. No one ever scored from Rosehead, Stephen. <laughs> so, um, before we go for a break, I'm going to pick my final defender. And it was a game when we, um, we just sacked uh, Paul Hart, joking here coming, we played Gillingham, and they had a decent right back called Kevin James. And I thought, he looks decent. Then we signed him. He made his debut. Well, his first game for the club was against Tottenham. And he he coming on, I think the ball was crossed in and he missed the ball and collided with the post, a bit like Phil Babb style. And we didn't see him then until the following December, January, where we was really in the mire. And he just looked like he lost all football in ability and subsequently... I think he just went out of the game at that point. Uh, Rich, you uh, I've got okay, so I've, for this round. So I've still got a centre-half to choose. And uh, I'm going to go... This. I'm sorry, George, this is another one of Ask Your Grandparents. But um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go for one of Brian Clough's last signings. And he is actually at the club for a surprising amount of time. Um, but if you read uh, Brian Clough's second autobiography, he admits that this was the signing that showed that he'd lost his powers. Uh, and I'm going for Carl Tyler, who arrived for a one and a half million from Barnsley. So he hung around for several years and then he went on to Aston Villa. So he had he had a Premier League career after leaving us, but he just he never looks like a million pound plus defender. Stephen, you get your uh, pick. I'm going to try and complete my defence now, go for a right back. And he was a player who I actually quite liked because he was entertaining and he used to bomb forward a lot from right back, but he was a bit of a liability. And that's Hildeberto Pereira, a player who should never have been playing at right back. Great fun, but with a lot of fun came a lot of concern going the other (laughs) way. Was it Birmingham though? Was it Birmingham who scored that unreal goal? That, oh, I'll yeah. never forget that. I used to justify pick, but that boy, if he'd have played centre mid a bit more. Yeah, that was that was pretty much goal of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was unreal. But also, it proves the point, doesn't it, that both of you just made, that couldn't defend, but if you just put him in a more advanced position, either as a winger yeah. or even, even as an attacking central midfielder, then... Yeah. Did he get sent off three times that season? I know he got sent off against Villa, didn't he? Villa was one, yeah. And then he got it something silly like getting involved with the crowd or something. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in his defence, he didn't actually. He like went up to the advertising board, didn't he? But and then all the fans mobbed him. Then he got a second yellow card and he was off and, and everything. But I'm sure he got sent off a couple of more times that season. So uh, yeah, he was entertaining <laughs> to say the least. So right, um, George, you uh, get your final pick for this round. Um, I think you got a centre half remaining. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm going to go for, and, and it's a bit harsh because in the promotion season, he played his part in us going up. But there was a reason why Steve Cook replaced him. So Tobias Figueredo, um, I think he made so many mistakes. I had a look at it. The one thing I looked at for this part was how many own goals he scored. And I thought it was a lot more than three. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just, he couldn't win anything in the air. He was rash. He would, you know, play passes that you think, why has he seen that? And I never felt comfortable with him at the back. So Figueredo goes in, unfortunately, for me. 
Yeah. Every time I saw Figueroa, he looked like he just wanted to kill anybody anywhere <laughs> within five yards of him. He, he like he yeah. just had that look, didn't he? So yeah, uh, and once we had the back three, once he had sort of Warrell and McKenna either side and Coops, he looked all right. But until he had that cover, nah. yeah. I think you're being particularly harsh there, George. And also, I will reiterate what Tom said, which is if you're walking down a dark alley at night and Toby were coming the other way. No, you'd, 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 Yeah, exactly. It's a good job he wasn't that quick because giving you a chance <laughs> of getting away. Yeah, I don't have many other options, though. I did think. I can't think of many. Before we go to the break, then, so my team at the moment is uh, Mad Vlad in goal, Davey Oyen, Nicola Yokan, Kevin Gomez and Kevin James. Uh, Rish is... Um, Defence at the moment is uh, Marco Pascal in goal, Brett Williams, uh, Manini, Carl Tyler, and Nicky Eden. Um, Stevens is Barry in goal, Gino Petula, Matt Mills, Danny Cullop, and Hildeberto Pereira. And George's is uh, Costel Pantelemon in goal, left back, Gaetan Bong, Michael Manson, Figueredo in the middle, and Carl Jenkinson at right back. So we'll go for a break and then we'll reconvene for the midfield and the front two. For the 23-24 season, 1865 is sponsored by Green King Sports, where football is more than a game. Their venues are showing every televised forest fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. They've launched the Green King Sports Instagram page, which will be home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. They've already given away Champions League final tickets and signed shirts, so you don't want to miss out. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know about all of this. You'll be helping us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Okay, welcome back to 1865. It's Rich here and I'm here with Stephen and George. And it's back to Tom, who's convening our worst Forest 11s. So for the uh, starting midfield, George, you get the first pick of who starts your engine room. Okay. Uh, well, I'm go- can I go in the wing first if it's 442? Yeah, of course you can, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go Nicolau Dimitriou, who came, I think it was a loan signing, um, who absolutely stood the place out. It was like a headless chicken. He had a slight bit of pace, but as soon as he went anywhere near the ball, you basically were just giving it to the other team. So Nicolau Dimitriou. I remember when um, he signed, and I think we just sold Oli Burke, and I think one of his lines was, I'm going to be the best player in the world, or I tried to be the best player in the world, and I've never known a player to be so far from it than Nikolai Dimitri. <laughs> it's it's a strong start from George, I have to say. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so, Stephen, your pick. Um, I'm going to go for, a few years later, another loan signing, Adama Diakabi. Oh, oh, oh there's some contenders in this position out there. A winger with sledgehammers for feet. He he produced one of the worst first touches I've ever seen yeah. from a Forest player. We were playing Fulham at home. I think it was during lockdown. And he, all he had to do was knock the ball past the defender because he had the pace. But he hit the ball basically into the Trent and was never going to catch it. It was the worst first touch I've ever seen. I don't remember any end product from him in a Forest shirt. And... It was hard to believe that 
a club once paid seven million pounds for him. I think that club was Huddersfield, actually. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, and um, so a couple of things to mention there. Number one is uh, our friends at the Takes That Chance podcast, who uh, some listeners may remember that we spoke to them as as uh, with the opposition view uh, back when we were in the championship, and they were so amazed that any club was willing to take Dick Harvey off their hands. They thought that. They had our pants down on that one, and it's hard to disagree with them. And then the other thing is that memorable first touch. Yeah. Again, our friends at Second Tier Podcast, every so often they'll just put that on their Twitter feed just to remind everyone. If you saw it now, you'd think it had been made by AI because it was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> Wish you get the next pick. Well, as we had, I mean, these are strong starts, and I think I can even then trump what we've already had and it's from the same era as Nicolas Dimitriou I'm gonna go for Lika so good they only named him once <laughs> I actually um it was that I was there moment and I actually saw his debut at St Andrews and he did absolutely nothing and I'm sure he just chucked water on his face to like look um look like he's actually done something but no he was you may as well we may as well have played with 10 that's how much use he was he did absolutely uh, nothing I think the ball got played into him and I can't remember who their defender was at the time just like shouldered him off the ball and just went flying um, over the touchline and that was the end of Lika was was he a ringer was he like that Ali Deer who played for Southampton in the 90s <laughs> uh, that popped up on my Facebook the other day that story when Sunes <laughs> bought him right my next pick um, he was one of the three Italians uh, David Platt signed in 99. And he had a bit of Northern flu where anything north of Nottingham, he didn't play in away games. <laughs> and I think he, he did all his best football was at the city ground, even though it was very brief. But yeah, he uh, he didn't do much. And I think he went back to Perugia um, after so many months. But yeah, Gianluca Petrecchi gets my uh, pick. He was just... Pepe. Yeah, he just didn't want to. You could just tell that he didn't want to be here and the sold in the dream and that dream was, was never David there, Platt. Was <laughs> yeah. Stephen, you get the next pick. Um, I'm going to go, I think, to the left of midfield now and a player who joined Forest, and I think there was a bit of excitement around him. We signed him from Oxford, but I think we signed the wrong promising player. They had Jerry Beauchamp on one wing and Chris Allen on the other. We went for Chris Allen and I don't remember anything of note that he did in the Forest shirt. I remember he could run a bit, a bit of pace about him and that's about it. And for that reason, Chris Allen is my left winger. Are you saying that he was the dear Carby of the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> well, the 90s have come back round recently, haven't they? So maybe that was uh, dear Carby's tribute act. Chris Allen. Yeah, I remember Joe Beecham was some player, God rest his uh, soul. But um, but yeah, he, we've, it's been a theme, hasn't it, over the years that Forest get the wrong player from the club. I mean, <laughs> um, when we signed Simon Cox, I was, I used to, he, we've got him now, but we should have got him way back when, when uh, Chris Wood was there. I always said we got the wrong strike from West Brom. And then obviously, what you've just said, Stephen, got the wrong player from Oxford in the mid 90s, which Joe Beecham was. The better player, obviously. You've got wood now. What more do you want? <laughs> I get the next pick. Uh, I'm going to go for the left wing now. Um, 
I'm going to pick a player who came with a lot of promise. He's played in the Champions League. He's played for Manchester City. He's played for his country. But the word mercenary just follows him around like wildfire and absolute show pony when he scored this um, the Penenka against West Ham and he was like thinking, I'm on television, look at me kind of thing. And everybody went over to Jamie Patterson who actually won the penalty. So Jamal Abdoun, probably the best beard in the championship at the time. But so he gets my pick. George, it's your pick. Uh, I'll go on the other wing as well then. I'm going to go for Gil Diaz, who we signed on loan the same season we signed those three Portuguese guys. And he actually started off all right. I mean, I remember that Newcastle Cup game. He had a blinder. He scored that was it a little chip goal towards the end, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But then he just went downhill from there. And I'll never forgive him for that Norwich game away. At Boxing Day, all the way to Norwich, 3 0 up, 76 minutes, and we bottle it by two mistakes from him. And then he never got a look in. And I think he went back in January or something like that. So Jill Diaz for me. When you have a match named after you, it's either for very good or very bad yeah. reasons. So mm-hmm. the Jill Diaz match. Yeah, sometimes they put it on Sky, don't they? It's filler, and when they put that game on, and you think, "Oh, look, I remember this game." Three nil up, then Joe Diaz comes on, and <laughs> the rest is history, isn't it? So it was a sliding so, doors so, yeah. moment of that season, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. So, uh, Rish, it's your pick. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for similar pick. Actually, um, I was going to go for Abdoun, but obviously that's. Uh, that's no longer an option. So I'm going to go for Diogo Gonçalves, who uh, was no. just as we had the three Italians in the in the 90s. Uh, the equivalent of that was the three Portuguese. And um, again, it's something that everyone was so excited about, so much promise. And just like the three Italians, nothing really emerged out of it in the end. So it's the next round of picks. Uh, Rish, you get the... Um, oh, so we're going central first. midfield now, aren't we? So I've had Leaker and I've had Consolvers as my wingers. Uh, so I, oh, oh, I can't, oh. I'm going to go to the, to just after Forrest came so close in the playoffs with that Sheffield United semi-final and Paul Hart had to rebuild the team after three or four players left under freedom of contract, including uh, the likes of Ricky Schimmerker and, and Jim Brennan and so on. And the player who we thought was going to replace Ricky Schimmerker, he was Danny Zonner. What a <laughs> signing. God, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a, I think I rem, it's one of those, do I remember this right? Played Derby. They scored first, Junior scored. Andy Reid's equaliser and a cross coming in and Danny Sonner was all on his own on back post and he missed um, it was basically an open goal because the goalkeepers missed the ball and he's he's headed it wide and then if I don't think the commentary is available anymore but you listen to the commentary on the way home and was listening to 106 century with Darren Fletcher and Cluffy was on there he was a um, guest commentator and he says hey, you know what son I could have scored that with my you know what. <laughs> so and it's a brilliant bit of commentary and it just goes to show that uh Cluffy never lost that one liner. So uh, yeah, when he said that, it, honestly it was such it's typical Clough to say that, but straight off the cuff. And uh, yeah, that 
every every time I see like Danny Son on like Premier League years played Sheffield Wednesday or whatever, it just reminds me of that moment of what he Clough played in the said. Premier League. God help us all. Yeah, and he played at international level for Northern Ireland, but that was in the same side as uh, Ian Dowie. So, uh, <laughs> total football. Yeah. So, uh, George, you get the next pick. Uh, I'm going to go for the. I think the only player that's probably still at Forest that would be chosen, and that's Harry Arter. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what he's brought so far. His agent will probably get into the best team. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Harry Arter in the centre of midfield. The only Forest eleven that he's going to get into for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick for midfield. Um, Another player from the Gary Megson era. Uh, I think he got promoted with Norwich City. And then we signed him. And Norwich fans and were saying, you're getting somebody who's called three lungs. But we bought him, or signed him, with two lungs on the blink, I think. <laughs> and it's Gary Holt. Um, apart from that goal against Yeovil, to bring us back into it after, um, was it, the Aaron Davis show and all of that. Um, yeah, Gary Holt, he like come with a bit of promise, thinking he was going to be that decent midfield to get us out of League One, and it failed to materialise. So Gary Holt gets my uh, pick. So, Stephen, you get the next pick. Um, I think in centre midfield, my first pick is going to be a player who was involved in the team in one of our lowest moments, relegation to League One. Centre midfield, Gary Megson era, Daryl Powell, who was over the hill by the time he signed. I think he'd been at Derby, hadn't he, and played in the Premier League. I think we signed him from Colorado Rapids or somewhere, probably out there on holiday. Uh, Anyway, he came came back to England for us when we were trying to get him to basically save us from relegation uh, unsuccessfully. I, I remember as well a performance away at Coventry that season, which was one of the worst individual performances from a Forest player I've ever seen. Um, and one of those days when you knew that we were condemned to going down. George, next. Uh, so my final midfield, I think it's got what I've got left. Um, oh, I'm going to go for, uh, I think it's about 2018, he was here, Pajdim Kasani. So when he came in, we saw videos of that wonder goal he scored for Fulham. Was it against Palace from the right hand side of the box? Got it into that far corner. But we never sort of saw that player. I think he was like a meant to be a box to box player, but I'm not sure which box he specialised in, to be fair, um, if any. So Kasami, was, he did set pieces and yeah, he didn't offer much to, to Forrest's 11, from my opinion. I'm trying to be as kind as I can here, but. <laughs> You know what? You're making me think about one of the musical analogies that I sometimes talk about with my friends is that, you know, anyone can write a good song, but it doesn't make you a good songwriter. Yeah. Rish, you've got your your final pick in midfield. I've I've got I've got three people competing for one place in this team, which uh, says a lot about the central midfielders we've had over (laughs) the years. So I think. And and all of them are before George's time as well. So <laughs> okay, I'm glad um, I've not missed anyone then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I will go for one from the archives. Again, this is going back to Brian Clough's final season as manager. And uh, this is one that most of you won't remember. Ray McKinnon. 
So he he got in the team. Um, we signed him as a central midfielder. He got in the team wearing the number four shirt because Roy Keane was moved back to centre-back when we had an injury crisis. So at the time that we had Keane and Clough playing at centre-back and we had Gary Crosby playing um, in the Clough role and Toddy Orlegson playing at right-back because we're so short of players. And McKinnon was signed, I think, from, from Scotland for know, a fairly nominal fee and then shortly afterwards went back to Scotland for a fairly nominal fee. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen that name pop up a couple of times, but like I said, you're the only person who's actually had some kind of memory um, of him. So, uh, so yeah, thanks, thanks for delving into the archives and uh, bringing his name up. So, um, George's midfield's done. Rishi's, it's just me and Stephen. Um, so, Stephen, your last pick for your midfield. Uh, I'm going to go with a player who epitomised wasted money under David Platt, and that's Gary Jones. Signed him from Tranmere in 2000. I'm sure we paid over a million pounds for him. Um, I think he played, he, he, he'd been part of that Tranmere team that used to get to cup finals and semi-finals and they'd always been quite a good championship team and he was just useless in a forest shirt i remember one game i can't remember now who it was against but he had basically had a 10 yard head start on an opposition player and he was beaten to the ball tackled and just made a mug out of gary jones gary jones my pick is we signed him following the playoff season under Paul Hart. Um, Shimmick had gone by this point and we needed to sort out the midfield. And when somebody, this was when Man U were honestly kids, they were good um, in the early noughties. Um, Michael Stewart, he come with a lot of promise and he did absolutely nothing. By all accounts, he's too big for his boots. He thought he was better than everybody and um, he didn't last much longer. Um, on Trent's side, so Michael Stewart uh, gets my uh, pick in the middle of the midfield. All I'm just going to do is point out he's kept out of the team at times by Danny's honour. So, <laughs> so um, right. So, just to recap, then, um, so I'll pick Vladimir Stoichkovich in goal, Davy Oyen, Nikola Yurkan, Kevin Gomez, and. Kevin James, and then in midfield I've got Jamal Abdoon, Gary Holt, Michael Stewart, and Gianluca Petrucci. Uh, Rish has gone for Marco Pascalo in goal, Brett Worms at left back, Manini, Italo in the middle, with Nicky Eden at right back. In in midfield, Lika, Sonner, McKinnon, and Goncalves. And then Stephen's gone for um, Barry Roach in goal, uh, Hildeberto Pereira, Danny Cullip. Danny Smith, uh, Danny Mills, Matt Mills and Gino Padula. Then in midfield, Chris Allen, Daryl Powell, Gary Jones and Adama Diakabi. And George has gone for Costan Pantilamon in goal, Guyton Bong, Michael Manson, Tobias Figueredo and Carl Jenkinson at the back. Then in midfield, Gil Diaz, Harry Arter, Hashim Kasami and Nikolu Dimitriou. So uh strikers now. Uh I've I'm gonna go for a striker who 
he was nicknamed the terrorist. And his only goal was from one centimetre out, the audacity to say his move hadn't worked out because Billy only played him in, at night matches at places like Huddersfield and Blackpool and when it was too cold for him. Because the reason why I know that, because we went to a uh, end-of-season players um, night and Rafik Jabal was on our table. So the things what he was coming out with, I, I won't go through all of them, um, but he says, who wants to play uh, Who wants to play at a place like that, i.e. Blackpool or Huddersfield? And um, and basically, he thought he was like better than Nottingham. He says, look, this is where I used to live, and Nottingham, he says, it's too cold, it's it's not a very nice place. So, and he only scored one goal against Yeovil, uh, who are now a non-league side, aren't they? So, yeah, Rafik Jabor. So could he so, do it on a, on a wet Wednesday night in Stoke? The answer is no. Definitely not. So, yeah, Rafik Jabor gets my pick on that one. So, uh, Rish, you get the pick. I mean, there's some rich pickings for centre-forward if you're choosing worst Forest players. And, um, I mean, I've got I've got five players listed down here for two places in the team. Um, I have to go for someone who... I have to say, he was another one of those who, when you when you watched like the lower league highlights and you thought, well, you know, maybe there's something there and you sign him and you realise he's quite possibly one of the worst footballers you've ever seen. In fact, is he even a footballer? I'm not sure. So I'm going to go as my number nine for Eugene Daddy. <laughs> he was a bit of a court hero, wasn't he? Tramier didn't he have his own clothing company and he, soccer AM used to love him and, and all of that and we got him and thought well if you've got dreadlocks and a cool name then you can get um, a long way in this business uh, he was part he played up front that game against um, Barnsley when Megson got took out by Padula and I think if anything went wrong in that game in Forest history that was the game it was bloody awful on the other hand Megson got took out by Padula so yeah Every silver, uh, every cloud, and all that. So, mm-hmm. so Eugene Daddy, um, Stephen, you get your pick. Uh, my first striker. I'm going to go for somebody who was brought in was not fit for purpose to replace the player who came before him, and was somebody who was a total disappointment when he joined. You're not narrowing it down here, Stephen. No, it's a lot. <laughs> I've got about six or seven players on the list who fit that description, but taking it back, Premier League 98-99, Neil Shipperley, who came in amidst all the Pierre van Hooydonk fallout. We needed a striker. You could tell we were desperate. Dave Bassett went with a player who he knew from earlier in his career at Crystal Palace. Neil Shipperley came in. I think he might have scored one goal in a Forest shirt, if that and was totally ineffective, and we, I'm sure, bombed him out as soon as we could. Back to Palace, if I remember. Palace, and I think he went to Barnsley under Bassett as well after, and uh, the less said about his post-playing career, the better. George, you get your pick. So this guy, we signed him on loan, and if you look at him, it's everything you you sort of want in a striker. He was about six foot two, he was decent in the air, had a turn of pace, but you put him in front of goal and he could not hit a barn door. Uh, Rafa Mir is my striker. Uh, he went on to play for what? Seville and did semi-decent. And I, I do not know how that happened because 
for us in the championship, he just looked like uh, completely out of his depth. And he's one of Europe's most sought after strikers in yeah. the current transfer market. Um, Classic Forest, isn't it? Classic. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, like Bardi. I mean, we never played him, and he he come, finishes the season with a um, Europa League medal. So just tells you everything, doesn't it? Like some players just don't fit, or they don't they're not fancied, etc. Then they go on and have a, a decent career elsewhere. So, uh, so um, George, you get your next picks. Then you went last in that round. All right, so Rafa Mir came at the start of his career. This guy came towards the end of his career, and you could tell. Um, Lord Nicholas Bentner is my other striker. <laughs> oh, hell a Lord. Yeah. Yeah, an ego that wasn't matched by his footballing ability, unfortunately. Yeah, his first career was special. I mean, he missed that penalty at Newcastle, scored an own goal at Derby. Then he scored. Did he score the winner against... Newcastle when they were down to about four men or something like that, and we made, we even made that hard work, didn't we? So, um, so yeah, Lord Bedner. So, and of course, George, do you know why he used to wear the number fifty-two shirt at Arsenal? Not a clue, no. It's because he'd been awarded a new contract that. So he said, "It's a special number for me," and everyone right. thought, "Oh, is it? Is it like a tribute to one of his grandparents or something?" No, it's because he's been awarded a new contract where he's on fifty-two thousand pounds a week. Blow me, <laughs> wow! That that sums it up, doesn't it? I suppose, yeah. Isn't it just about right? Obviously, we had to sign a player of that hilt, didn't we? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Stephen, it's your pick. Uh, right from my long list of Forest striker failures, my next choice is going to be Ishmael Miller, a player who came in. I'm sure, again, we paid about a million pounds for him. Decent money under Steve McLaren. I mean, you could put you could put Steve McLaren in there as the worst manager, in fairness. Um, but that's another topic. Ishmael Miller came in. He'd come in with a lot of promise at West Brom at the start of his career. I think he'd been affected by injuries, but you, you were hopeful that there was still a good player in there and he was young enough to come back and rebuild his career. But rebuild his career, he did not. He was utterly useless in a Forest shirt. Did he, he might have scored once, if that. But again, another another player who looked really good at other clubs and then rocked up at Forest and was just useless. Yeah, he scored. He actually um, opened the scoring in the game against um, Birmingham when Steve McCarran fell on his sword and. Doughty, um, unfortunately, at that time, uh, resigned from his chairmanship. And, uh, yeah, we lost 3-1. And then, it, if you remember, it was the um, the Green Party, if you remember them, uh, who were advocating for the board to be sacked and, and all of that. It was a really ugly time at Forest. And that day was just horrible all around. And Miller scored in that game. Then I think the following week we played uh, Coventry. I think McLaren had gone at this point. And I think he went on a... I didn't have a good game against Coventry and Miller just started having a go at all Forest fans and everything. And and that was the end of that. I don't think he ever recovered from that. And, and uh, Tom, do you remember who... on the club, didn't he? Do you remember who scored twice for Birmingham on that day? Uh, Chris Wood. Yeah, yeah, there's a recurring theme yeah. here, isn't there? I remember yeah. one of the goals. Luke Chambers just stood there and watched him run at goal and finish. Yeah. Everything about the club was just 
bereft of spirit, wasn't it? It was it was a horrific. I mean, we've we've all seen, no matter what age group we're in, we've all seen some horrific times at Forest, and and that's a match, that's a day rather that, um, you know, it, it lives in the memory just because everything just. And I remember as well, even um, if I remember rightly, Mark Arthur in the in the pre pre match, he'd been on Radio Nottingham saying, "Look, I mean, fans." Against a protest, but they really need to be careful what they wish for. And by the end of the day, we're in relegation trouble. The manager had gone, the chairman had gone. Um, quite a seismic day, really, in the history of the club. Yeah, and uh, you th- you think like the days under Fawaz were were bad, but yeah, that that really does stick in the memory. Well, the days under Fawaz were bad. Day. Let's let's not beat about the bush on that. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that was a really dark day on Trent's side, wasn't it? Everything about that day. So. Uh, so right, moving on. Uh, Rish, uh, complete your team. Okay, so my final centre forward, um, Stephen. This might sound familiar. Is a, is a player who we signed to fill the void after a celebrated striker. Um, you know, he had he had big shoes to fill there. Came in in the Premier League days, and uh, yes, I'm talking about. We've already had one player with a girl's name, Nicola Yurkan. Same era. Andreas Salenzi. The first Italian to play in the Premier League. He could also so easily have been the last. <laughs> Although I would point out that a um, friend of the podcast, uh, Matt, of Radiant Cleaners fame, um, who we've uh, hooked up with on our social media feeds a few times, uh, he has the distinction of having seen Andrea Salenzi score a goal for Forest in the way FA Cup tie a replay at Oxford United which might have been the reason why we signed Chris Allen actually that match <laughs> so my pick I've got a few um if I went for one it was I'm just going off what um, other people have said because it was Cluffy's last ever signing Rob Rosario but I never actually saw him in the flesh so I can't really pick him and so my other pick, which I have actually had the misunfortunate uh, well, to see him live, is a player who was signed from Holland. And he had a decent scoring record before. And then we got him and he, he just had no footballing ability whatsoever. He looked like a... Honestly, it looked like he was pulling the caravan half the time. And that is Lars Veldvik, who I think he only scored one one goal. And I think that was like after a few loan spells um, after turning up at Forest. Forest obviously didn't rate him. I think he scored the goal against Millwall um, under Philip Montagnier. Uh, but yeah, we signed him. And um, I mean, at the time we signed uh, Britta Sombolonga. And um, but yeah. Velvet come in and he he was not fit for purpose. He was awful. I think he had one bright game against Bolton away, but apart from that, he did absolutely nothing. And yeah, there was a lot of promise with uh, Lars Veldvik, but uh, yeah, he didn't bring it. He didn't bring his A game, let's say, to Trent side when he uh, arrived in I think it's twenty fourteen. So yeah, Lars Veldvik gets my final pick. Do we get to choose substitutes as well? Has anyone got any players left over? We can go free, 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 uh, free reign in terms of positions here, can't we? If we're naming two subs each, yeah. Um, 
George, do you want to go first? Have you got anybody who you didn't get in your side? Uh, the only guy I was trying to wedge in but couldn't was Nuno da Costa, who I don't think we actually saw live, did we? Um, the COVID season, but the the own goal that he scored against Stoke, I think, epitomised the the previous sort of six months that he had up front for us it, when saw, he ever played. I, he we did see him play because he came on as a sub in the Gaten Bong the Gaten Bong match against Charlton. Oh, yes. When he made his debut, yeah. yeah. That's how forgettable it was. You're not going to believe this, but a couple of weeks ago, Nuno da Costa scored a hat-trick at the right end for a team whoever he was playing for in Turkey. I can't uh, can't remember who it was now, but I did see it pop up. So, um, Stephen, have you got anybody who didn't get into your side? Uh, there's a couple of names here who could who could fill a subs bench. Uh, Andy Cole, when he joined, was nothing like the Andy Cole of his prime. He was he was horrendous that season. He came in after we got promoted to the championship. Coldwood in charge, and I think Paul Smith did more than than Andy Cole that season. <laughs> He, he, Hang on, the Andy Cole. The Andy Cole. The yeah. Andy Cole, yeah. You know, you know, George, what, what I'd say is that when, <laughs> when, you, when you sign a celebrated player and you see them walk out on the pitch and you think, are they wearing a base layer? And no, it's just what they look like now. <laughs> I did not know he played for us. In fact, that might also he be... He didn't, George, that was the point. But that okay. might also be the season where Paul Smith scored more goals than Andy Cole. <laughs> Uh, is there anybody who you would have put in? Well, I mean, you've already mentioned Robert Rosario, and actually I feel bad putting him in because he had no ability, but you couldn't fault him for effort. Um, the player who I'd go for as my substitute would be, uh, it's another Megson-era player, and I, I bear him no ill will because he did some work for the club after after leaving. But it says something when you come as a player who's got promise and then you actually retire from the game after playing for Forest, um, even though you're like 29 years old. And that's David Frio. And I remember we signed him and he took over. This is after Andy Reid and Michael Dawson had left the club first time round. And we signed him and there was an interview in the programme saying, I'm so honoured to take on Andy Reid's number seven shirt. <laughs> and let's just say they were obviously very, very big shoes to fill. Yeah, he looked a, f- um, a footballer, didn't he? But um, he was all right for Plymouth. But then uh, it seems to be a common theme on this pod. We sign a player from past glories and then never do anything. Um, I think when you're, when you're relying on he was all right for Plymouth, he was all right for Yeovil, he was all right for Tranmere. <laughs> yeah, <Brand> yeah <laughs> exactly. So uh, um, a player who I would have picked if either Chabot or uh, Lars Velvark had gone is... Um, Neil Harris. I mean, Ooh. he had a fantastic scoring record for uh, Millwall um, before he joined Forest and after he joined Forest. But when he was at Forest, for the, I think Megson signed him. or it was, No, it wasn't Megson. It was, I think Mick Harford signed him because back then there wasn't a transfer window. I think we signed him in like December or something because we signed Adam Nolan at a similar time and he, he did nothing with his career. But yeah, Neil Harris, he, he turned up and he, I don't know if it was a confidence thing, but he didn't look the player he was at uh, Millwall. He looked absolutely void of any confidence. And in that, that actually reminds me of another striker we signed in that same era, which is Scott Doby. Yes. In, yeah. 
Again, he looked all right for West Brom under Megson. I think he scored quite a few goals to get them promoted a couple of years before. We signed for us, and apart from that, like I think he had a decent debut against Derby. He didn't score, but he had a couple of chances. Then he scored that goal against Yeovil, and he didn't do anything, did he? So that was another um, strike who's been and gone at Forest. Another one to add to that list, Adam Proudlock. Do you remember him? Oh, Wolves. Signed from Wolves on loan. I think he was, his debut was against West Brom. I think he was under Paul Hart. The season before the playoffs, he just looked disinterested and did absolutely nothing. Two or three games and he was gone again. There was a, another player I could have put. Um, there was Salvatore Matricano. Yeah. He was made of biscuits. The least he? worst of the Italians. Yeah, and I think he only played like what six games or something, and soon went back to um, Italy. So, but with yeah, going going over the last, I'm just looking at Wikipedia now, and the, the amount of dross we've had, it's eye watering. The the money what we've paid in wages, etc. And that's not just like the last two years on players who have not really kicked a ball. But if you go past what last 20, 30 years, the players who we've signed for money, wages, etc., and they've given us zero. Loads and loads of memories. And I'm sure, listeners, you'll have your own players that you can remember who you're going, oh, my God, I can't believe he was even a footballer. And, of course, we'll be putting out our teams that we've selected on our social media feed. So that's going to be on Instagram and Twitter slash X, depending upon what you want to call it, and also on threads. And I'll see if I can get it on TikTok as well. Um, And we'd love you to tell us your worst Forest players of your lifetime. Um, We will be back later this week with the Friday Five. We will also have our review of 2023, which will be in your podcast feed uh, probably early next week. And then, of course, we'll be at Blackpool and we shall also um, normal service will be resumed after that as the season resumes. We also hope to do a best player draft later on this season. As always, I want to say thank you, listener, for joining us. I want to say thank you to George. Thank you to Stephen and producer Romeo, who's uh, in the room with him. And also thank you, Tom, for organising the worst player 11 draft. And we will be back in your feeds very, very soon. So thanks for joining us. Podcast Network.